To all my heavy hitters and lockdown defenders, welcome to the 30-Minute Lockdown, episode 15. We back in the building, man, each and every Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. On all your popular platforms, you get your podcast from. I am your host, Coach Defense. I'd like to welcome y'all back to our 30-Minute Show, where we give y'all news and views of the sports world of NBA and NFL alike. In 30 minutes or less, man, uh, one of our more highly rated shows on the network, man, it's been a good 15 episodes down, man. We're going to do this thing big, as always. This is a draft episode. This is a special episode for the NFL draft. Uh, we focus solely on NFL today. What we're going to do today is we're going to finish our breakdowns. We've been doing a uh, four-week-long uh, special of sleepers in the NFL draft. The guys, by position, we've been doing sleepers all throughout this uh, last month or so leading up to the draft, which is today. It is draft today. By the time you listen to this, it is draft day, and we are here, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will start new class of NFL uh, rookies, so we can get those guys into your teams and see who you get in the first round all throughout the weekend. So, like I said, we've been breaking down each position. Um, the last position group we're going to talk about today is uh, cornerbacks and safeties. Uh, of course, you know, the you know the, the most sexy names out there, everybody pretty much knows those guys, but there's a few on my list that I think that are uh, sleepers, and they get them in later rounds that could add a lot of value to your team in your secondary um, that could be really, really valuable for teams that uh, run certain schemes specifically. You know, you want teams to run three safeties. A lot of teams that run a lot of nickel and dime coverages, you know, when people will put a lot of receivers on the board and on the field and things of that nature. So it would definitely be good. Um, so we'll go over that. You know, we'll talk about, the, you know, the, the obvious guys, and then we'll get into the exactly who we feel like is going to be the guys that will ultimately be some sleepers in the mid-rounds. And, and teams, will, you know, if they, if they are patient, they will definitely get some good talent in the later round. So hopefully that your team is one of those teams. So as we get into this, man, let's talk about the draft itself. And uh, like I said, it's the 27th to the 29th. Round one is on um, uh, tonight at, seven, at 8 o'clock. Round two and three is on Friday starting at 7. And I believe at noon on Saturday, uh, round four through seven. So um, and I think it's going to be a re- really interesting draft. If you're a draft nerd like me, um, it's, you know, you're know going to be locked in for all three days because you want to know exactly – who you feel like is uh, going to be high-value picks in the mid-rounds. Because, you know, you, of course you have your first and second rounders that should be starters, but I think there's a lot of value in the mid-rounds that people will get that they haven't got a lot of buzz or they just fail because there's just so much talent at your position group. Like, I believe the corner and safety, corner especially, has a lot of – is really deep. Um, so guys that are looking for corners will likely benefit from, you know, you know being patient and saying that I'm going to wait and, and wait on my guy um, get them in the later round. And thinking, I think they might hit on a few guys. So we'll talk about those guys in short order. Like I said, you know, Travis upcoming. You know, they got a nice lay- layout in Kansas City this year. How apropos it is that the Super Bowl champions get the draft, right? It's so wild, so wild that they lined up that way. But so, like I said, the, ser- the series being, is coming to a close. We, do, we did quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends uh, week one. Running backs in the O-line week two. We did edge, inside linebackers, and in, uh, inside interior D-line last week. And this week, we're going to do cornerbacks and safeties. So, on my list for cornerbacks and safeties are, are as follows. So, like, like I said, you had the sexy picks in Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, Joey Porter Jr., Deontay Banks, right? Those guys. But um, there's a, three guys that I want to uh, point out that I feel like are going to be, uh, you know, bona fide studs uh, coming into uh, the draft. Um, a guy by the name of Cam Smith. He is a cornerback uh, out of, uh, oh my God, I lost a day going to college. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Cam Smith out of uh, well, we'll get to that because actually the next slide. I'm not going to jump the gun, but Cam Smith out of South Carolina, Raleigh Moss out of Iowa, and Jacorian Bennett out of Maryland. And for my safeties, I have uh, 
uh, Jairi Brown, Jatavius Martin, and Shamari Connor. Now, it's funny about Jatavius Martin because he's listed as a corner, but he actually plays he plays a little bit of both. That's why he's intriguing to me. So we'll get into the, all those guys and say exactly why we feel like they're going to be beneficial to your team. You know, not just from an athletic standpoint, but uh, uh, just a football acumen perspective as well. So starting off with the corners, like it's the Cam Smith, 22 years old, six foot tall, 188 pounds out of South Carolina. Then you got Riley Moss, 23 years old, six foot one, 193 out of Iowa. Jacory Smith, Bennett out of uh, Maryland, 22, 5'11", 195. Now, just to give a you know a, a brief overview when it comes down to corners, like this thing, these type of things are important. Now, Cam Smith out of South Carolina ran a 4'4", 340. He ran his 11.2 broad jump. He has a 38-inch vertical at six foot tall. And he had a really good pro day and combine from a field work perspective. So I really like his uh, ability to uh, get in and out of his breaks to change the direction uh, and his ability to uh, be sticky and man and zone coverage. So, uh, again, this is a really big time value pick because I think that you got he's I think he's rated around the 10th or 11th area in far as overall cornerback rankings. So you're looking at a guy that's going to fall to at least the second, third, maybe fourth round, depending on who how the draft shakes out. So you got a guy that, that that's highly athletic, uh, size. He has he's he has 180 pounds, so he's he's not small and slender. Uh, he can jump. You know, what I mean, what what more do you want? You know, like I said, and like I said, he has a really good smooth uh, rhythm when it, out of it, in his coverage drills. So that right to me tells me, I mean, outside of him being. Uh, you know, uh, having been somewhat problematic against, you know, highly uh, strong receivers, you know, I guess you can say receivers that are really, really physical, really big time physical receivers, you know, his, his ability, his ability to cover is, is, is stellar. His ability to cover is stellar. And I think that he hasn't gotten enough notoriety and being a value pick in the, in the later rounds, maybe second, third, maybe fourth round. Next guy for me is Riley Moss. Now Riley Moss is a very slept on corner as well. Now, this guy is six foot two, 210, excuse me, He's not, no, he's, that's not him. He's six foot one, 193 out of Iowa, 44540, 10'7 broad jump in a 39 inch vertical. Now, when I say that Cam Smith had a great uh, uh, field and pro day, combine and pro day, uh, Riley Moss had an even better one. <laughs> like, like Riley Moss, I, I don't do this often and give a great uh, overview as far as his field work is concerned, but Riley Moss's combine and his pro day was stellar. It was stellar. And that tells me a lot about his ability to cover. And he's sneaky fast. He's sneaky fast, straight line. I mean, like I said, he's six foot one, he hundred, almost 193, almost 200 pounds, and can run. You know, he can jump out the gym as well, 39 inch vertical at six foot one. That says a lot. Going up against, you know, six, four, six, five receivers, he can go up and play play high point with them just as, just as well as anybody in the league. So he, to me, he gives me vibes that he's an inside and outside corner, depending on who who he gets uh, matched up with. Because I think his agility, his change of direction is really good. Um, like I said, you know, I think I don't, I'm really surprised at why people aren't valuing him higher, based upon how I don't know if it's where he played at or what, but he definitely shows me a lot of the superlative that makes makes a good corner. Do you think Christian Gonzalez is smooth? Out of his breaks and out of his uh, out of his uh, change of direction and his agility, Riley Moss is up there too. <laughs> like I gotta give him a lot of credit for him being really good. Him and him and and uh, Christian Gonzalez are the one, two that really had great pro days and field drills in the combine. So I'm here to tell you, at least from a, a, a cornerback perspective, like just just the normal nuances of playing the position, Riley Moss is is a guy. He's definitely a guy. And my last guy is Jacorian Bennett. Now, Jacorian Bennett is 5'11", 195. And he's the second corner uh, out of Maryland that's coming out in the draft. And he's a 4'3 guy as well. 
Uh, 11-1 broad jump, 40.5-inch vertical on uh, in the combine. So, uh, yeah, he's more he's more of an outside corner to me, but I'm here to tell you, for like straight line speed and and getting and being physical um, from an outside corner perspective, he's he's legit too. So if you need a, a secondary outside corner, he can definitely do that for you and be well, be good at it. They said, and he's not going to get beat deep. He runs a flex. Like he runs a four three forty. So you, you can't run by him. Like I said, he has size and he has athleticism and he has ability to jump. So again, just just from a normal athletic perspective, now he was a secondary corner to Deontay Banks. Told you that he fits right in with that role and doesn't have to cover your best guy, and he can flourish as that number two corner. So if you got a number one already in your house and you need a number two, Jacorian Bennett is your guy. I'm here to tell you. So he will. He's likely a, a, a fourth or fifth round pick, depending on how the draft falls as well. So I would say for sure, Jacorian Bennett is a guy that you need to look at if you're looking for a secondary corner. So I would definitely look at him as being a guy, along with Cam and Riley Moss, is great value picks in the in the mid to later rounds. And whoever gets them, I'm going to be watching heavy to see how well they do early on in their career. All right, so let's talk about the safeties now. Safety is even more of an intriguing uh, look because of the idea of what's happening with uh, what's going on with my slides here. Okay, yeah, so so we got three guys that I'm I'm, ta- I'm targeting: um, Jair Brown out of Penn State. Uh, he's 23 years old, 5'11", 208. Uh, Javius Martin, who I was talking about earlier about him being a corner and a safety, 22, six foot tall, 195 out of Illinois. And Shamari Connor, uh, 22, 6'1", 206 out of Virginia Tech. Uh, so these particular guys are very intriguing as well because they have uh, all the makings of uh, athletic corner and they don't get a lot of, uh, I guess you can say, notoriety um, based upon the, you know, the, the top guys, you know, yeah. Antonio Johnson, Sidney Brown, Jamie Robinson, Brian Branch, you know, Jordan Battle, those guys, you know, especially those power five guys, you know, they 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 taking all the shine. But I think for value picks, these three guys are definitely somebody that you need to watch if you need a second or third corner or, or second or third safety on your team. And reason why I say this is because of how they look on tape. Now, now it isn't, you know, they they performed the combine. That's, that's all fine and well. And they, they ran well. The athleticism is great. But what stands out to me more so because, you know, playing playing safety isn't necessarily, not so much about pure athleticism as it is about football acumen and how well you play, how you well you play uh, the game of football and how you well you cover and how well you tackle, right? So for that, you know, you jumping off the table or jumping off the, jumping out of the gym from a 40 perspective, from a vertical perspective, or just running a super high fast 40 isn't, you know, end all be all from a quarterback perspective. So we'll take that into account. So starting with Jair Brown, he ran a four six five, you know. But I was I was here to tell you that he his four six five, he plays much faster than that on tape. He plays way faster than that. Like the five eleven two oh eight, he plays way faster than that. He he's he's a willing tackler, and he lined up all over the field for Penn State. He lined up playing slot, covering tight ends. He lined up at at, at uh, safety a lot, free and uh, a box safety and high safety. So you know he's completely utterly versatile. So that, I think that's another thing that gets uh, overshadowed uh, and is very valuable, should be very valuable to teams in the NFL. Because if a guy can do three or four things well from a safety perspective, he's he's tagged as a safety, but he can cover he can cover up tight ends. He can cover up certain slot receivers. He can cover, uh, he can play deep, uh, single high and box safety. He tackles well. 
I mean, again, his four six five speed as 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 a safety doesn't uh, doesn't give it do him justice. And maybe he just had a slow time at the combine per se. But I would here to tell you that he plays much much faster than the four six five frame that he gave up on the combine. So look out for Jair Brown out of Penn State because he's going to be a player. He's going to be a player for you. All right, next up is uh, my guy. Um, Jatavius Martin. Like I said, Jatavius Martin was listed as a corner, and he worked out as a corner in the combine, but he played in the majority of safety. Now, understand this. That's, and this is why I uh, wonder you know, what he's going to be at, in a league, because um, I feel like he's a true hybrid, and it comes down to going back in safety. He's six foot tall, 195. He runs a 4'4", 6'40". He has a 44-inch vertical at six foot tall. So, I mean, I mean, you're looking at it like he has all the superlatives as being an outside corner, but he plays safety as well. So that tells me that he can play inside, outside corner, and he can play uh, box safety and more so deep safety because I think deep safety with that speed and that's, that ability to jump and play contested football on 50-50 balls where it's going to be uh, a dominant feature for him to have when he gets into the league. So, you know, on top of that, the fact that, I get, like I said, his, his tape – Tells me him him being thrusting and having to do all that for Illinois tells me he's versatile. He he's, he's smart and he de- he definitely knows how to play the game from a coverage and nuance perspective. So look out for Jatavius Martin. I'm telling you that guy's a, that guy's a player as well. I think that uh, it'd be very interesting to see where he goes and what scheme he plays in because I feel like feel like they can do a, a myriad of things with him when it comes down to his ability to play corner and safety. Like it's he's a hybrid. He's a true hybrid. When you look up that terminology in the in football uh, knowledge book. He's he's a prototypical guy that's a hybrid. He can do it all. He can do it all. He has the athleticism to play corner. He has the acumen and the smarts to play safety. So you look at somebody that can do it all, and this is just a Swiss Army knife of a player, Jatavius Martin is your guy. Like I said, and if people are projecting him to go mid to late rounds, and somebody's going to get a steal, in my opinion. I really do believe that. And the last guy, and I think he's going to go late in the, in the draft, but it, you know his tape and his athleticism is is very uncanny. It's Shamari Connor. Shamari Connor, six foot one, two hundred six uh, safety out of Virginia Tech. Now he ran a four five one forty as a as a as a corner. Um, also had a forty point five inch vertical at six foot one. Uh, strong, yeah, twenty inch twenty reps on the bench as a safety. You know some linebackers don't put up those kind of numbers. So you tell me. That he putting up 20 reps on the bench means tell me he's strong, he's physical, he can tackle, he can run. And and, and again, and we and that's just from an athleticism perspective. Now we're talking about his, his field play. And when I say that he is very physical, he he's a willing tackler. He kind of gives me like a, a poor man's Brian Branch kind of vibe because he is a willing tackler on top of being a cover guy. You know, I, I didn't see him play as much from a quarter perspective and being a true hybrid, but I'm here to tell you, as a pure safety, I think this kid is a player. And I think that, you know, I've seen projections of five, six, maybe seventh round for him, depending on who's uh, who goes ahead of him. <laughs> I think that I think people are going to get a steal with him. And he's going to be one of those uh, low-drafted, you know, success stories that people are going to be talking about for years to come after he gets in the league and starts to get his feet wet uh, in the NFL. So look out. I'm here to tell you, look out for Jamari Connor as well from Virginia Tech. He's he's a baller. So I'll be looking for him on day three to get picked up somewhere. And I'm thinking anybody to get him. And of course, I'm I'm salivating in my wish list to have all the guys I'm talking about as sleepers on, on the charges as value picks in later rounds. But I know we're not gonna get all of them, maybe not none of them. But regardless, you know, if they did pick up any of these guys, I'd be completely and utterly happy. But any team that's that's if you whatever team you're a fan of, they get these guys I'm talking about. I really feel in my heart, you know, based upon my football knowledge, is that they can be good players if they're in the right scheme, if nothing else. 
I really feel like a lot of these guys of underscore can play anywhere. But you know, if you, it's, but certain schemes will make you a better player and make you flourish better if you're in the right scheme. You know, you know, if you can be, a, you can be a certain tier player. But if you if you're in the right scheme, that's gonna make that's gonna elevate your your ability to be successful in the league. Period. So I think that if you if they land somewhere with a good scheme and they are allowed to play to their natural abilities, they'll be they'll be impact players in no time. Impact players in no time. So as as we do uh, uh, each and every year, we, we do mock drafts, right? Uh, we did a really nice one on Sports Talks show uh, on Tuesday, and I did break that down. So if you uh, watching this video after you leave this video at noon today. The, my my own the mock draft will, of just that, that portion of sports talk will be broken down in, on my page. So if you just want to watch the mock draft, I broke that great, that particular segment out of sports talk. And you can just watch that by you know just by itself. You don't have to necessarily watch the whole thing if you're not an NBA fan because we have NBA and and NFL sports news on sports talk each week. But if you just want to watch our mock draft with me, myself, Coach Kurt, uh, Coach Benson, and Coach Mike Dub. You can look at that at 12 noon today. So you can, you can kind of preview that before the draft. But from my personal perspective, how I think me solely is, is the draft is going to break down in round one. I'm going to give you my final mock draft uh, out of round one. Now, mind you, this was taken before the uh, the pick uh, where, I guess you say, Aaron Rodgers got traded. So in a 13 and a 15 pick kind of changed. But I'm going to still, still go with it and, and, and tell me whether, you know, how I, uh, how I did when it comes down to the uh when it comes down to how the draft shakes out tonight. So now this might be an unpopular pick, but I feel like CJ Stroud should go number one to the Panthers. I think he's the safest, most effective, and productive quarterback out the gate. I really do. Uh I like Bryce Young. However, I mean I'm concerned about Bryce Young's size. And I mean, I'm talking about height and weight. You know, it's 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 one thing, it's one thing to be successful at that at that size at college, and it's another thing to be successful at that in, in, in the pros. And I think that his size is going to play a part. And I think that's kind of scaring certain people away from uh, him, him being drafted high, but I could be wrong. He Bryce could go to the Panthers. They could be sold on him and they just going to roll with him because he's just so, you know, talented from a quarterback perspective. He's always has been. It's not about a talent, just about a size. If he was CJ Stroud, Stroud size, he will be no question. He go number one, but I would, I would take for my money. If I'm, if I'm trying to build a franchise, uh, around uh, a quarterback that's that's highly accurate and very nuanced and very uh, meticulous and uh, allowed able to process a lot of information in a short area, a certain amount of time. CJ Stroud is my guy. He's the safest pick at quarterback for me. So I would take CJ Stroud at number one at, at for Carolina. Then two, I would I would dump down and and get Bryce Young if I'm the Texans. They need a quarterback. I mean, this whole narrative of them going defense and maybe going quarterback later, I don't think that's a smart idea. If that's the case, I would just roll Davis Mills off another year and just wait for a quarterback next year. You know, I wouldn't say tank, but I was you probably have a lower record enough to pick a top end quarterback next year. Caleb Williams, Drake May, any of those guys. So if you're gonna pick a quarterback with and, and give D'Amico Ryan's the most most ability to be successful early in his career as coaching, I would get Bryce Young and just do what I can to protect him. And uh, you know, from an O-line and in in a scheme and weapons perspective, um, to make him successful. Um, third, I will go with Anderson to the to the to the Cardinals. I don't think that's a secret. I don't think that's a surprise. They didn't want somebody on the D line. It could be Jalen Carter, it could be Will Anderson, but I think Will Anderson they want to go edge first. I think they like his upside um, and his uh, ability to be dominant early uh, from a pass rush perspective. I think the Cardinals take Will Anderson to three and four. I think I think the Colts take Anthony Richardson. I think they take Anthony Richardson for this for his potential. 
and his ability to uh, be a good quarterback going forward. Now, I don't know what they're going to do from a bridge perspective, in all honesty, because I really feel like they don't have a quarterback in-house that's going to be uh, a, a viable option for you early. So rolling out Anthony Richardson early is going to be problematic, in my opinion. I think he needs to sit and learn, um, you know, work on some things in his game. It's some, it's some, it's some negatives in his game that needs to be worked out, in my opinion, especially from a, a processing perspective and an accuracy perspective. I think that needs to be worked out. But if you, if they going to roll him out early, then, you know, Jay, you know, I would say that uh, Anthony Richardson is going to likely go to the coach at four. The five, I think the easy pick for the Seattle Seahawks is the is Jalen Carter at five. I think it's a no-brainer. They need to uh, impact on the defensive side of the ball from a pass rushing and a interior uh, line perspective. And Jalen Carter is just that guy. You know, prototypical. I mean, like, you know, Power probably probably the best defensive person in the draft. Like, you know, we I think the bar none. I think we don't have to argue that. So impact player being dominant and being a cog in the middle of this defense for years to come is going to be Jalen Carter in Seattle at five. Six, I think the Lions have pretty much kind of told us what, they, what they're going to do in the draft. I personally think Christian Gonzalez is the, is the better overall corner, in my opinion. But I think just, just on name and, and productivity from a quarterback perspective, I think they're going to go Devin Witherspoon. Uh, for, for he take him off the board first at six. They moved Jeff Okuda, so it's natural they need a corner to, to backfield Jeff Okuda. So I think they're going to get Devin Witherspoon at, at six. And I think the Raiders take Christian Gonzalez at seven. And again, I think that's the best pick. The quarterback, I think Chris Gonzalez is the is the number one corner in the whole draft, in my opinion. And at eight, I think the Falcons need a receiver and they need a receiver bad. I think that if you're gonna roll with you're gonna roll with the idea that Desmond Ritter's gonna be a guy and they didn't go, they didn't make a splash or make a trade to move up to get well, get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. I think they go heavy on weapons. And so I think they say the best receiver in the draft is Jackson Smith and Jibba. Uh, and to pair him up with uh, Kyle Pitts and in, in, uh, Drake and Drake London, and uh, that stable of running backs they got, they're gonna give in O-line they have. They're gonna give Desmond Ritter their best chance and opportunity to be their franchise guy. And I think they go where I was here and go Jackson Smith and Najiba at eight. Number nine, I think it's pretty easy that the, the O-line needs to be addressed in, in the, for the Bears. And I think to get Peter Skaronski. Um, I've heard some Paris Johnson rumors as well. Um, I think Skaronski is the most uh, ready-made tackle. Uh, in a draft, um, you know, from a numbers perspective and a production perspective. Although I think Paris Johnson is a little bit more athletic and can play left tackle more so. He gives me, Paris gives me more of a Trent Williams vibe than Skaronsky, but I think from a smarts and a, and a northern, a northern, you know, allure that the Northwestern guys give, you know, they're, they're just, you know, just grinders. I think they go Peter Skaronsky for Justin Fields in nine. At, at 10, I think uh, the the Eagles, because of Jalen Carter not falling to them, I think they picked up the next best de- interior defensive tackle to pair with Jordan Davis, and they'll go Kalaji Kansi. And they know Kalaji Kansi very well because he's a Pittsburgh guy. Um, so he's already in the state of Pennsylvania. So I think they know him pretty well. And, uh, you know, not not too far, you know, you know, cross state, you know, lines, you know, you know, cross area lines to, to you know, for him to migrate to to be able to play for the Eagles. So I think the Eagles take Kansi at 10. Uh, the Titans need a need a replacement for Taylor Lewan. I think it's pretty simple. They got to go uh, O line as well, and so they take Paris Johnson, um, Paris Johnson Jr. at eleven and uh, twelve. I think the Texans uh, get Bryce Young a weapon and get him Quentin Johnson since Jackson Smith and Jibba is gone. I think they got to need a tall, uh, lengthy, you know, big catch radius guy in Quentin Johnson at twelve. So I think they do that. Um, is they be the number one receiver? Thirteen. I think. Uh, the Jets go best the best tackle available in Darnell Wright um, to help protect now, protect Aaron Rodgers. 
Um, but I do believe this is going to be two picks up later because again, uh, the, the 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 Packers pick at thirteen now as opposed to fifteen. So, but I still think they take down there right at fifteen, and uh, Joey Porter goes to the Patriots at fourteen, and Michael Mayer goes to the Green Bay Packers at thirteen. There's a little bit of a flip because they traded picks um, earlier this week. And then 16, Washington goes Broderick Jones tackle um, to protect whoever quarterback is going to start for them. I think they're going to go roll with Sam Howard or Brissett. So uh, they need a, a good swing tackle and Broderick Jones, nice physical guy. They can run that pass block really well. So I think they go that and help that uh, help their uh, you know new quarterback. I'm just going to say new quarterback. I'm not going to say aging or 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 second year guy because I'm not sure who's going to start. But I think that uh, they go Broderick Jones at 16 and help help with the O line out with the weapons they have. 17, I think that the Steelers really want to get a Joy Porter, but I think Patriots are going to spoil that for them. So they go next best corner available, and that's Deontay Banks from Maryland. So they get a corner in that offense, and I think they uh, shore up that secondary um, with uh, with uh, Mika Fitzpatrick and company. So uh, get, get them a nice, uh, young, athletic weapon that will help uh, them to you know get to the next level in their, in their defense. So, yeah, I'm looking for them to, to get Deontay Banks in uh, – in uh, at the 17 pick. So next up is uh I believe uh is the Lions again with their second with their second pick in the first round. Uh I want to say they go edge uh, this time around to pair up another edge rusher with Aiden Hutchinson and get Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. I think they do that. I think that's a good value pick for them and they're the bolster their edge rushers um as well as their uh in, interior. So uh, yeah, they're, they're, their pass rush from both sides should be should be a one and stellar, and it should be a nightmare for most teams in in their division in the NFC as a whole. And so, the, so the Buccaneers are up at nineteen. I think they go O line and show up their offensive line. They got Tristan Wirfs' uh, fifth year option exercise. They got him in house. I think they go Anton Harrison of Oklahoma. Uh, they get him at uh, pick uh, nineteen to help show up their O line, where they had a lot of issues with last year to help protect Baker Mayfield. And at 20, I think the Seattle Seahawks run it back on O-line again to pair up Lucas Van Ness with Jalen Carter, another uh, physical, sneaky, athletic guy that they can play inside and outside and be very versatile for them and can rush the passer from uh, from their perspective. So you got Jalen rushing up the middle, and you got Lucas Van Ness rushing on the outside, so they double down on the D-line. At 21, I think the Chargers take Zay Flowers, the best receiver left on the, on the board, um, that make have to play slot for them. Um, highly explosive, really fast, really versatile, good uh, route running, uh, slender uh, slide receiver uh, from Boston College. I think he's the most uh, explosive wide receiver out of the draft. Um, so I think they go here without trading, you know, upper back. I think they go with Zay Flyers to 21. Jordan Addison is a guy that I, I slated to go to the Ravens to help uh, lure Lamar in. So they, if they're going to double down and getting Jordan Addison and OBJ on top of having Rashad Bateman come back. So you got three solid receivers and a tight end with Mark Andrews, stable of running backs, O-line. I, you know, what more can Lamar ask for? It's a, it's a bigger time upgrade uh, from what he had a year ago. So I think that will aid in the idea that they're really, they're really bought in on the idea that they want to support him, finally. So if they get Jordan Addison at, at 22, that will definitely let Lamar know and signal to him that they are really uh, trying to uh, give him weapons and give him the opportunity to be a, 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 a prototypical quarterback. So I think them getting Jordan Addison will go a long way for them doing that. So next up is the Vikings at 23. They get Brian Breesey, uh to shore up their interior D-line. They got edge rushers in Daniel Hunter and, uh, and uh, Zedarius Smith. So I think that they show up their interior D-line and get uh, Brian Breesey to be the next best D-lineman off the board. 
Jaguars, I think they go next best thing when it comes to tackle because they lost Jawan uh, uh, Taylor to the uh, Chiefs. So I think they get Dewan Jones um, to show up that side of the ball again um, in a draft and pick him up at 24. The 25, I think the Giants go interior O-line because I think they there was a bane of their existence in their interior D-line. O-line couldn't get anything done. The tackles were fine, but their interior line was still in need of a lot of work. So I think Osiris Torrance, the best interior guard in the draft, I think goes to the Giants at 25. At 26, B. John Robinson goes to the Cowboys, the backfield uh, Ezekiel Elliott. And they're going to try to revamp and relive the idea of what they were doing with Ezekiel Elliott in the back end of the draft. And I think that's going to be a steal for the Cowboys, and that could help to go a long way in helping their offense. In 27, the the Bills were looking to get Bijan. They just missed about one pick, so they go with Jamar Gibbs, uh, Alabama's running back, uh, Mr. Uh, Honda 95, 4'3 speed, a versatile uh, running back uh, at 27 to, uh, to kind of change the identity that they have and their ability to run the ball. And uh, 28, the the Bengals lost out on a few safeties in the, in this last pass free agency period, so I think they go Brian Branch at 28 to help shore up their secondary. In 29, I think the Saints go uh, get another edge rusher to go along with Cam Jordan and get Miles Murphy from Clemson to uh, put somebody on the other side of Cam Jordan to help their pass rush out again since they lost a few guys in the draft. So lost a few guys in free agency. At 30, I think the uh, the Eagles go safety. They were looking at Brian Branch, but they lost him out on him on two picks ago. So they go next best thing in Jordan Battle um, from Alabama. His running mate in Alabama. So I think they get Jordan Battle at 30 to uh, kind of replace that uh, role that uh, that uh, this uh, Car- Chauncey Gardner Johnson had had in in previous uh, couple of years. So I think they use Jordan Battle in a similar role. And at 31, I think the Chiefs take Will McDonald, uh, edge rusher, Will McDonald, the fourth edge rusher from Iowa State, to help out uh, Chris Jones in that in, in that in that in George Carlothis on that D, on that D line to help them bolster their pass rush in that in that perspective. So I think that'll help. It'll be a good value pick for them to pick at him at 31. So there you have it, man. So uh, we got one through 31 picked up, and we'll we'll see how this shakes out. Um, I do believe there might be trades. A lot of trades talking about uh, you know, Austin Eckler has been on the block as well as D-Hop and a few other people have been named uh, some Bengals, not Bengals, but Broncos receivers. I've talked about in trade talks. So I think that it could be some trades happening in the first round. So these picks could shift around. But if it does not shift around, I think this is a good, pretty good look as far as everybody getting value picks for their for their first rounder pick. So we'll see how things shake out. But um, as always, man, we'll be covering everything, drafting and everything else related each and every week on this uh, particular show, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Like, comment, subscribe if you haven't done so already. And uh, we'll be back next week with another show. But in the meantime, it's meantime. I'm your man, Coach Defense. Until next week, step up and lock it down.